It's Texas. It's Oklahoma State. And it's time to buckle up for over an hour of in-depth coverage of the Big 12 Championship. This is the ultimate Big 12 Championship preview. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Big 12. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. Let's break it all down. We are on the cusp, the day prior, the eve of the Big 12 championship. And the last one that looks like this as a new era of the Big 12 is right in front of us. It's Texas. It's Oklahoma State. Can Steve Sarkeesian prove that Texas truly is back as they head into the SEC? Can Mike Gundy show that the Big 12 will be Oklahoma State's in the new era? And in a game that's projected to be a blowout, will it even be close? Do you feel it a little bit? If you're an Oklahoma State fan, you felt this in 2021. You had that that night before the who it's the Big 12 championship tomorrow. And at that point in time, it was Baylor and Oklahoma State was favored and Baylor had a backup quarterback playing. And you just thought Mike Gundy is going to find a way to get it done. If you're Texas, the thought is, wow, the first time since 2018 that we're here and we can go out with the big middle finger to everybody in the Big 12 and say, you know what? All along, despite Oklahoma's success, despite not winning a conference championship for well over a decade, this was Texas League, period. The Longhorn Network to dominance in auxiliary sports to the old school Texas football. You can erase the doubt, the hate and prove that Steve Sarkeesian's the right guy as you move into the SEC. And for me, as we break down this entire matchup, I see something that on paper is a blowout for Texas. I see something that we get to the very end of this game. It's 45-17 and you hear the roar of the Longhorn Nation being in Arlington for I mean, this is a rarity for Texas. Playing for a Big 12 championship, having that being on the cusp of a Big 12 title is a rarity at this point. There are kids in middle school who have not seen this. That's what should happen. But is it what's going to happen? There's the realm in which, picture it, we get down 40 seconds left. Alan Bowman, who had 300 yards against Oklahoma, who helped piece together a beautiful ball game against OU with the defense for Oklahoma State stepped up and they won that Bedlam game. Picture Alan Bowman, who's thrown for 300 yards. Ollie Gordon, who's run for 150. Ollie's right there behind him as the safe man. Bowman takes a knee, and you hear it. SEC. 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 Oklahoma State fans and all other Big 12 fans at home taunting Texas as they play their final game in this conference. Two different realities, and we get one of them tomorrow. In this game, 19th-ranked Oklahoma State, 7th-ranked Texas, 9-3, and three, a team that lost to South Alabama against a UT squad that only lost to Oklahoma. And I, I'll make the case that UT with a win should be in the college football playoff, especially if Alabama beats Georgia coming up on Saturday. For Oklahoma State, getting here was funky. They beat, you know, they beat BYU last week, and it took, I don't want to say a miracle, but double overtime and an 18-point comeback to get it done to even punch their ticket here. And they hold the best player in the conference who they really started giving the ball to around a week four. Four. Ollie Gordon, Doak Walker, he is right in the middle of that conversation. 1,600 rushing yards, 20 touchdowns, and Mike Gundy said it. At this point, I would guess their coaches are going to know what we're going to do. I'm going to say that for the most part, they're going to do what they do. We're in game 13. 
and there aren't a lot of changes that are going to take place after two over a two day preparation. He is ready. Gundy is ready to run the damn ball with Ollie Gordon. That's what this game is going to be. They have to be able to establish the ground game. And Oklahoma State has the 26th ranked offense in the country. They find they have the 50th offense on the ground, on the ground, 40th through the air. Combined 26th, and they, they're one of the most balanced teams in America. As much as we say this run game is going to be dominant against Texas, it's Ollie Gordon or bust. Alan Bowman's not going to help you out there. And Alan Bowman hasn't been that bad. They're not going to unleash him. This isn't, hey, we need Alan Bowman to throw 20-yard out routes. We need Alan Bowman to throw the ball 35 yards downfield. We need Alan Bowman to throw a bunch of deep bombs. That's not the way it's going to be for Oklahoma State on Saturday. You stick to your guns. You stick the short routes that got Alan Bowman to win against Oklahoma. You stick to giving the ball to Ollie Gordon, and you say, look, let's go out there, and let's just play it. Let's just play it. For Texas, the same deal. You don't vary your game just because there are multiple running backs out. CJ Baxter banged up. Jonathan Brooks is done. Jaden Blue is going to have to go out there and be a menace. And you're going to have to rely on an offense that finds a way without a couple of its key running backs to punch it into the red zone. Burr Auburn can't go out and kick five field goals again and win the game. I know that was a, that was a key to the 57-point competition against Texas Tech last week. In this one, you have to find a way to get it done when you're in Oklahoma State territory. It is the Big 12 championship game. There is not a, oh, well, you know, he marches to the 20, the drive sold out. You're going to have to be able to put up touchdowns if you're Texas. Obviously, last week, they were able to put up touchdowns and field goals, but it has to be six on Saturday. Quinn Ewers, 2,700 yards, 17 touchdowns, five interceptions. He has been tactical. He has not had to do too much. Quinn Ewers is in the Heisman conversation if Texas unleashes him. I, I, I think that's the case. There have been times this year where Texas has leaned on the ground game because that's what they've needed. They have not asked Quinn Ewers to go out and win them a football game really outside of Alabama. And we already saw what it did in that one. This weekend... I still don't think you ask Quinn Ewers to go win you the football game. You keep it on the ground. You get the ball to a Xavier Worthy, to an A.D. Mitchell. You get those guys out in space. You don't throw it to them deep. You don't have to throw it to them deep. You try to spread the ball out. Sarkeesian said, one thing with this group that I'm coming to find out is it's kind of business as usual. It's a Big 12 championship week where usually the lights would be too bright for a Texas team who has not been here. Oh, Iowa State has been here more recently than Texas. But these guys are, are they prepared. As you walk in, there's something different in the air. The guys are focused and they want to be dialed into the plan, but it's kind of business as usual, Sark says. And Texas is playing for a playoff berth. There is still hope. Problem is, Texas is 85th in the country on third down conversions. That's one of the issues. They can't, they can't get the offense. Burt Auburn's had to save them a couple of times because the offense cannot click on third down very well. And while Texas is so good on third down defensively, is so good defensively against the run, penalties. The secondary defense against the passing game has struggled. And here's the way that this game is going to play out tomorrow. Texas is going to jump out. I want us all to prepare ourselves. Texas is going to get a lead in this game. I don't think it's going to be as dramatic as what BYU did to Oklahoma State. But the way that I see this, it would be lazy to think, oh, it's going to be a back and forth. You know, Oklahoma State's going to Oklahoma State's really going to give it to them at the beginning. If you've watched the way these two teams have played, that's not. That's not how I see Oklahoma State coming out in this game. They're a team that closes. And Texas Texas is not. Well, while they've been able to win, sure, late, aside from that Oklahoma game where they truly didn't close, this is a Texas squad that is susceptible. They are susceptible to comebacks. They might get out 17-0. They might get out 14-3. Texas might get out 10-0. 
That's how I see this game going. But as long as Oklahoma State doesn't freak out, and the reason they won't is a guy named Mike Gundy who has been there, who has done that, who has gotten every accolade in the Big 12, aside from Big 12 championship game victory, he is going to have his team prepared, dialed in to come out after the half, facing a 10-point, 20-10 deficit, ready to go. And Oklahoma State brings this game to a climax. There will be a moment late in the game where Oklahoma State, who is trailed by double digits, has pulled it back in, either taken the lead or gotten it done to the point that they are right back within a field goal of Texas. And I think that's where Texas comes alive. I don't think it's a game-winning drive offensively. But instead, a game-winning drive defensively, similar to how Oklahoma State lost that game to Baylor in 2021. There was a large deficit to start. Oklahoma State did what they do. They come back in the second half. They make the game close. They certainly cover 14 and a half this week or 15, 15 and a half, whatever it is. But right there, when it matters the most, I'm going to side with Texas. I think the better team, I'm going to side with Texas, the better team gets it done on defense. Final score, Texas, 34 points. Oklahoma State with a doozy, doozy of a second half offensive performance pulls it within six, 34, 28, Texas, maybe 34, 27, right in that range. Texas by a score. Oklahoma State easily covers, easily covers 15 and a half or whatever it's going to be when the, when the game opens. But the Longhorns get their first Big 12 championship in over over 10 years and hold the eternal scoreboard over the Big 12. Will that punch their ticket to the college football playoff? Hmm. Let's talk about it. This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is where I go to make money. It is my passive income. I go and I say, FanDuel, I'd like to make a parlay. And FanDuel says, yes, what would you like? And I say, hmm, give me Dallas Cowboys and Cincinnati Bengals, which is probably not a very good parlay. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Go check out FanDuel.com forward slash LockedOn and get that money, that 150 bucks in free play with your $5 money line bet at FanDuel. I don't, Jonathan, gosh, thank, thank you everybody for making our shows your first listen every single day. Drake Toll, ESPN Central Texas. Who would have thought we'd be right here with the University of Texas on the cusp of its first Big 12 championship in 14 years? And let me preface this by saying Texas should win by double digits on Saturday. I am an objective journalist here, and it's what should happen. On the other hand, I don't feel bad representing the other Big 12 teams here and saying that this is not something the other teams of the conference revel in. The fact that Texas is leaving the league and having its best season in, you could, you could argue, best season in 14 years. Jonathan, let's start right here. Will Texas dominate like it is supposed to against Oklahoma State on Saturday? I don't know if they'll dominate. You know, I have a healthy respect for Mike Gundy. You know, seeing his press conference today, he came out, he was cool, calm, and collected, and he had so much to say about this Texas football team, and uh, we've lost two straight games to Mike Gundy. So uh, that's a well-coached team, and he did a great coaching job this year. You know, somehow a team that lost by 26 points to South Alabama and 42 yeah. points to UCF is in the Big 12 championship game. So 
good on Mike Gundy, but maybe bad on Brett Yormark. So I'll say that Texas definitely should win this game. I do think that Texas covers. Will I say they dominate them? Will they blow them out? Will they turn this into a Texas Tech Texas situation from last Friday? No. So I think they cover. I'll say they win by 17 to 21 points. Yeah. It just depends on your subjective definition of dominating, right? They will cover Which, the spread. I think I that's would, the most important part. I would say it's probably a domination, right? I can see this game going at 42-21. Like, if we just think about what is on paper right now and not the way that the, the parody of the Big 12 has played out, Texas does win this game by 17 to 21 points. That's a very fair observation of this because if you look at the quarterback battle and you give Texas the advantage there, look at the running back battle. And if you talk by committee, Texas still is so strong, even without Jonathan Brooks receiver, it's not even remotely close defensively. It's not remotely close. That Texas front is so dominant. Texas has the best unit in the big 12 at almost every unit, Jonathan. And and that begs the question, what, where, where could Oklahoma State even threaten Texas in a game like this with Alan Bowman at quarterback? <laughs> yeah, um, so you're right. You know, Texas certainly has all the advantages on paper, and that's why Vegas set the spread at uh, what they set it at. You know, I talked on my close. show this morning. Yeah. yeah, I talked on my show this morning on Locked on Longhorns that uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys in Cowboy Stadium, I guess, have – three semi-realistic paths to victory. Like, these are three things that if you woke me up on Sunday and told me they happen, I would be yep. pissed, but I wouldn't necessarily be shocked, right? The first one is I could see in a close game, whether it's a close high-scoring game or a close low-scoring game, probably the high-scoring game, right? I would not be shocked if Mike Gundy outcoaches Steve Sarkeesian in a close game on Saturday in the margin plays, right? The The... Yeah. The swing plays go Oklahoma State's way because of Mike Gundy. I would not be shocked if that happened. That's one. Number two, as talented as Texas is, as good as Texas is, they have the worst defense, worst pass defense, excuse me, in the Big 12 and one of the worst pass defenses in the country. Oklahoma State is 36th in the country in passing offense, right? So I guess strength against non-strength there. So if there's a shootout, Right. And Oklahoma State puts up a bunch of passing yards. It puts up points. Can Texas match them? And I know that sounds crazy. Texas fans are probably like, what the is this dude talking about right now? But I'm not crazy. Right. Yeah. Texas it may be the best team in the country at getting to 30 points, but not getting to 40 points. Texas scored 30 points in 10 of their 12 games, only scored 40 points in two of their 12 games. Oklahoma State scored 40 points in four of their 12 games. So this Oklahoma State team has experienced this year winning shootouts, right? Scoring a lot of points. That's the second thing, right? That this bad pass defense for Texas could be their Achilles heel on Saturday. The third thing, the third semi-realistic path to victory for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I might as well take this hoodie off at this point. I'm damn near advocating for Oklahoma State to win. Right. At this point. I asked Jonathan, how is Texas going to win? Are they going to dominate? And Jonathan's like, no, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. You asked me how Oklahoma State could win, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm a football fan yeah, first, right? Ollie Gordon could have the game of his life, averaging 164 yards in conference, six and a half yards per carry. He could go out there, essentially. I don't see it against our run defense, but he's a talented brother. Could go out there and have 200 yards and a few touchdowns. And maybe they, you know, run the ball to victory. So, I, like I said, I think Texas covers the spread. I think I was very clear about that you know, earlier in the show. But those are my three semi-realistic paths to victory for Oklahoma State on Saturday. Thankfully, for me and the rest of my fan base, none of those will happen. 
Yeah, give and, and there. So you've given me the three pass that Oklahoma State can take. Now give me the three pass Texas can take because, again, I can sit here and I say it on my show, give you the vague, Texas is just better in almost every facet of this game. But break down the details in which Texas will have to succeed against an Oklahoma State team that you mentioned is disciplined, is well coached, second best in the Big 12 in terms of penalties. They, they don't make mistakes. Right. So I think the paths for Texas for victory are what you've been doing all year. You know, we could talk about Steve Sarkeesian, Quinn Ewers and all the weapons on the outside. But this is a bread and butter football team. Right. They've been able to overwhelm teams in the trenches really all year outside of, uh, you know, Dylan Gabriel in the University of Oklahoma. And I think that that's why finally we are seeing a Texas team that lives up to the hype. Right. Because they do the dirty work. Right. They're able to run the ball at a really high level and they stop the run at one of the best rates in the country. So obviously that would benefit you going against one of the best running backs in the country, maybe the Doak Walker Award winner in Ollie Gordon. You want to come out and run the ball more effectively than they do and stop the run. You're going to win a lot of football games doing that. Second path to victory is Quinn Ewers has an Alabama-type performance, and he's the best player on the field, right? It's coincidental that the two best times we've seen Quinn Ewers really in his college career have been against Nick Saban, the GOAT, and that Alabama defense. Of course, Steve Sarkeesian has a lot to do with that. So it essentially could just be a scenario in which Quinn Ewers has a dominant dominant dynamite performance in the big 12 championship game on Saturday. I gave you two, you asked for three. And I think three is basically what you'd mentioned, right? Like this is a Oklahoma state team. That's scrappy, whatever they're gritty, whatever, right? Like they're tough, whatever. Don't sleep on Oklahoma state. Texas is better. Like you said, at every position and should dominate this game. That's what Vegas thinks. And Vegas is usually right. Look at the scenery in Vegas, right? So if Texas comes out and plays Texas Longhorns football, then regardless of how crafty uh, Mike Gundy is, regardless of how gritty and tough um, and slept on this Oklahoma State football team is, it's hard to beat the better football team for 60 minutes. It's hard to out-execute the better football team for 60 minutes. We saw that on Saturday when BYU had a 24-6 lead over Oklahoma State, but could not beat them for 60-plus minutes. So I think over the course of a 60-minute football game, regardless of how many plays Oklahoma State makes or how tough they make it or how close they make it, for 60 minutes – If they play for 60 minutes, they will play for 60 minutes at least. (laughs) When they play for 60 minutes on Saturday, after 60 minutes, Texas will just be the better team, and Oklahoma State will not be able to out-execute this Texas team for four quarters. Yep. Jonathan, Texas would have to play as poorly as my Wi-Fi, which is so good, (laughs) but my software doesn't want it to be for them to lose this ball game. And they did that against Oklahoma State last year. If you look back, I mean, I watched the highlights of that one this week to prepare for Saturday. Texas was the better team head and shoulders above Oklahoma State, but just couldn't get out of its own way. What makes this Texas team so different as not to have those kind of performances? Well, I think it's, you know, the culture, right? This is year three of Steve Sarkeesian, and I think you had to learn how to win, right? And I think this team not only knows how to win now, but they know how to respond to adversity. You talk about the Oklahoma State game, they were up double digits at halftime. They were running the ball really well. Um, You know, everything seemed fine, and then it all kind of collapsed in the second half, right? And then that's when you find out who you are as a football team. That's when you find out what you're made of, right? And we didn't have the resilience. We didn't have the strength. We didn't have the wherewithal to punch back, right? Like we punched first, Mike Gundy punched back and we never gave out that third punch and they were able to overcome that and, and win the game. And, you know, Quinn Ewers had one of the worst statistical stat lines for a quarterback in the last 20 years, which is crazy. Yep. <laughs> but so I think the difference now is we threw the ball 49 times in that game last year. Yeah. 
Quinn Ewers is not throwing the ball 49 times on Saturday, hope right? Not. Like I said, hope this, is a bread, this is a bread and butter football team. They're yeah. going to run the ball, stop the run, and I think they're just better equipped to beat a team like Oklahoma State, where last year, you know, like I said, they punched us in the mouth. We were on the road, a windy night. You know, you start to, you know, get down on yourself a little bit. Mike Gundy's over there in his bag, and, you know, it's just a, a game where Oklahoma State's not supposed to win, but they win it. I think on Saturday, neutral site in the state of Texas, it's just too much talent for Oklahoma State to overcome, regardless of how gritty and crafty they are. Is Marshall Scott, a pistol's firing. And today, we are going to convince you that Oklahoma State, who has been so good and consistent this season, can and possibly will beat Texas on Saturday in the Big 12 Championship. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. Marshall, it's... It's not, on paper, it's not pretty, but there has to be some sort of way that Alan Bowman, Ollie Gordon and company can get it done against Texas on Saturday. Is there, is there a possibility here? I mean, if we're talking on paper after Oklahoma State's 2-2 two and two start, no way they make it to this game. So uh, I guess in, in that area, you, you could say this team is, you know, it's, it's full of surprises this year, both yeah. good and bad. Um, uh, in reality, though, it, it, it to me feels like, you know, on Friday Night Lights, the movie, which is a little yes. eerie considering how the Big 12 championship game with Oklahoma State and Baylor which, ended. again, yeah, they did lose. Permian did lose the end of the movie. Yeah. So but it kind of feels like Oklahoma State is Permian. Yeah. Uh, Texas is Dallas Carter. Just like the size difference. They're talking about how it like, so it's to me, that's kind of what this game feels like. And as you mentioned, that movie doesn't end well for the Permian Panthers, but but maybe, you know, they didn't have Booby Miles, a.k.a. all the Gordon, and I'll stop making these comparisons now. Yeah. Give me the, <laughs> if we're going like a sell me why here, away from the movie references, remember the Titans, Rudy, there are a yeah. lot of, we can throw, throw out a lot here. Big underdogs, double digit, two touchdown under, and it continues to grow. Is it establish the run game? Is it try to exploit holes in the Texas secondary? Is there a tangible way instead of just the, maybe a, a miracle factor that Oklahoma State actually wins? Well, one thing I'll be really interested in is teams to this point have loaded the box to try and stop Ollie Gordon. And that makes sense. That's, you know, what I would do if I was playing Oklahoma State. I wonder if Texas thinks their run defense is good enough anyways, that maybe they don't bring that extra guy or two into the box. And then if that's the case, maybe Oklahoma State's, you know, line blocking schemes are like, whoa, we haven't had to do this in a long time where we're just yeah. blocking the number of guys. And then, but but maybe Texas can stop OSU. That, that's how good that, you know, that defensive front in particular is. So that's kind of interesting to me is, are they going to commit as many bodies to stopping Ollie Gordon as possible? And if not, can they adjust on the fly? Um, and, and will those, you know, guys be comfortable coming into the box? Um, and then, you know, on the other, other end of that is, if there is a weakness to Texas, it is the pass defense, kind of like you mentioned. Are they going to load the box? Is that going to worsen that? And then in that case, you're kind of asking Alan Bowman to beat you, which... If I was Texas again, I think that's how I would want to go about it if I was Texas. Um, but, you know, guys like Leon Johnson's been really good. Rashad Owens has had really good games. Um, Brendan Presley was unstoppable against Houston, which it's Houston. It's not Texas. Um, so those are kind of ways that I'm interested in seeing just how Texas plays it uh, defensively. And, you know, in I think there is a world where they get that totally wrong and Oklahoma State kind of hangs around longer than Texas wants them to. But you know, as you mentioned, I, I think that Texas is and should be the heavy favorite in this game. Now, I would have said the same thing between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. O Oklahoma, the better team on paper by probably 10. You, you play that a neutral site game on any given Saturday and Oklahoma's favored by 10. They beat Texas outright for Oklahoma State. 
against Texas last year. That's a better Texas team than what Oklahoma State threw out there that just couldn't seem to find a way to be consistent, had to learn to win, and you're seeing the results of that this year. Is there any mention in Oklahoma State's fears of the OU game this year, the Texas game last year, as examples of games where, look, a Mike Gundy coach team is really good at doing the opposite of whatever makes sense? Yeah, I, you know, kind of what's interesting about that is Quinn Ewers had a horrible game in Stillwater last year. Oh, so bad. Completed 39% of his passes. That's his lowest career completion percentage. Threw three interceptions. He's only had one other game with multiple interceptions. It was two against OU this year. Um, so, so maybe there's some weird read that they have on Quinn Ewers. I imagine that was more so just a freshman playing, you yeah, know, yeah. in a hostile environment and things like that. Uh, so, so maybe that there's maybe there's something schematically that that Oklahoma State kind of has a feeling about Texas. They've won nine of the last thirteen, I believe, against the Longhorns, which is so, kind of nuts. Yeah, it, it, Mike Gundy kind of has Texas in his pocket right now. But you, you know, this this Oklahoma State team, talent wise, isn't at the level of of some of those other teams that he's you know had. But 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 maybe they just are better. And, and I think a lot of it goes into these games that you know Texas didn't offer a bunch of these Oklahoma State players. And they always kind of get fired up. There's a lot of Texas players, obviously, on the roster. They always get fired up playing Texas. So I, I wonder if he's able to kind of use that. It, it, you know, to us, he just kind of says the, you know, we're, we're focusing on the game plan. Uh, this is a right. different team than last year, things like that. But I kind of wonder what factors those play into this game. Um, but again, I think I'll end every one of my statements with saying Texas should win this game. They are much yeah. better on paper than Oklahoma State. Yeah, no, okay. Established the pistols firing guy who's the big Oklahoma State guy and covers the team. Yes, you've given me the objective journalist side. Uh-huh. Oklahoma State wins this game. How did it happen? I think Ollie Gordon um, is going to New York if, if Oklahoma State wins this uh, game. I think he goes. Stop. Think, Please help me believe. I just want to believe, Marshall. Well, I, I think, you know, he gets loose. He shakes loose. He runs for. 200 plus yards. He runs for three touchdowns. Yeah. And if that happens, Texas is in trouble. Um, yeah. the things aren't going well for Texas. Um, the, the Oklahoma state defense during that, you know, five game winning streak that they had was really good at turning teams over. Um, the defense hasn't been great all year. They've been good. They've been solid. They've been really good in second halves of games. Um, so if, if Quinn Ewers throws a pick or two, if Ollie Gordon gets rolling and, and Texas doesn't really know how to adjust to stop it, then, then things get really interesting. If Oklahoma state can, can kind of tr- control the pace yeah. Um, I think that's how Oklahoma State wins this game. I would argue, and this is this is a fickle argument because it's tough to prove. It's, there's nothing really tangible for it. I would argue that Oklahoma State has a worse roster than Kansas State. I, I would argue that a couple of these games that Oklahoma State has won, they had, Oklahoma being another one of those, they have a worse roster. The, the Kansas game, a healthy Kansas, is probably better than Oklahoma State on paper, at least. That's what the Cowboys keep doing is winning games that on paper they should lose or via the spread they should lose. How? Why? What is it about this Mike Gundy coach team that it's beaten so many teams that they're not supposed to be? I think that it is Mike Gundy. I think, you know, that that's kind of consistent throughout his tenure. I think in a lot of cases, like, like if it comes down to who's going to coach better, Mike Gundy or Steve Sarkeesian, I think a lot of fans around the country will take Mike Gundy in, the, in that battle just yeah. because, yeah. you know, his teams are disciplined. Um, you, you know, the last couple of weeks, they've had a couple of weird special teams things, but usually they're really good at special teams. He mentioned he, he was raving about Texas special teams earlier this week. So, you, you know, maybe it's kind of neutral there, but he, he always finds a way and it's something that we probably don't see right now, but if he can exploit something and he can go after it, uh, you know, I, I think he's going to. So, I, you know, kind of if, if Oklahoma State's going to win this game, it's going to be Mike Gundy 
you know, kind of willing that team and finding a way to, to beat Steve Sarkeesian. From Ollie Gordon to Alan Bowman to everything that Oklahoma State has done against teams that are not supposed to beat, I, I have confidence in Mike Gundy alone. I, I, I take all the other stuff out of it and say, Mike Gundy has been in so many spots where you just thought, oh, Mike Gundy's going to win this game, and he loses it. Oh, Mike Gundy's going to lose this game, and he wins it. He just, whatever makes sense with Mike Gundy is probably not going to happen, a la UCF game, a la Alabama, South, South Alabama game. And in this one, I am relying on the Mike Gundy factor for the reason that I think that Oklahoma State will beat Texas on Saturday, which, by the way, I have nothing to lose in saying that. So I am going to go with the Cowboys on Saturday. Marshall, I want to get your thoughts on what it would mean for Oklahoma State to win a Big 12 championship this week. But first, let's hear from Prize Picks right here on Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is where I go for... it's just like my little side way of making added income. I think there's a word for that, but I, I, I go in, I know ball ish. I go in and I have two little prize pick parlays where I take a stat here and a stat there. Say LeBron James, Travis Kelsey over 10 and a half receptions plus three pointers combined. Bam. It hits. And I have money. I don't even have to know a ton of ball. I just put two things in a little pot, mix them together. Some of these player props, Bam, money on the other side of this. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy. So your entries that stay in play if your player gets hurt in the first half. If they don't come back in the second half, you're rebooted entirely. Insure, they're the only ones to do insurance out there in the daily fantasy prize games. Prize Picks, I get 20, I put in $25, I get $200. Feels like a pretty good bet to me. At prizepicks.com forward slash locked on college, you get a deposit match of 100 bucks. Prizepicks.com forward slash locked on college. Use code locked on college. Uh, first deposit match up to $100 at Prize Picks. Go make money. It's what I do. You can do it too at prizepicks.com. All right, Jonathan. When you think Texas hoisting the trophy, Quinn Ewers, Steve Sarkeesian on Saturday, what does a Big 12 title mean for the Texas Longhorns? Well, I think a Big 12 title would mean everything. I think this game means everything on Saturday because it's validation, right? You came into the season saying Texas has the most talent in the Big 12. If Texas doesn't win the Big 12 championship, it's a failure. Uh, You know, all of that. But you still had to go out and play the games, right? And I think so many people were waiting for Texas to fall on their face as they've seen for the last 10 plus years, right? I can't, you know, blame people for thinking that, Texas, once again, would find a way to mess it up. But you didn't, right? You went out there and you played Texas Longhorns football. You went on the road. You beat Alabama. I know that doesn't mean anything to this conversation. But, you know, that was a big, you know, uh, road block, I guess, that you had to get over. And then you beat every team that you faced in the Big 12 this year but the Oklahoma Sooners. And we can call them an SEC team for the sake of this podcast, right? So, um, you know, most people felt like Texas would be in the Big 12 championship game. Most people felt like Texas had the best chance to win it, but you had to get there. And so that means just validation, right? Validation that you are who you thought you were. You are who you set out to be in spring practices and in fall camp. And every practice and every week and every game, when you said this is the goal and you set out to do that, that win on Saturday means that you are who you thought you were. But a loss means you are who they thought you were, right? right and right. this season means absolutely nothing, right? Texas is not a program. Like, they are a program that can brag about a conference championship right now because we haven't had one in 14 years. Yeah. But obviously, that's not the ultimate goal for a blue blood program like the University of Texas, right? 
Steve Sarkeesian said we didn't get this far just to get this far. And although for, I would say, out of 134 programs, maybe 125, like 11 and 2 sounds amazing. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. 11 and 2, most coaches and, and programs will sign up for that. But not at the University of Texas, especially if that last loss comes in the Big 12 championship game to an Oklahoma State team that you're favored over by double digits. So a win on Saturday means you are who you thought you were and it validates everything that you thought coming into the season and everything that you worked so hard for to make happen. A loss on Saturday means you are who they thought you were and everything that happened this season is null and void. And there's even more question marks heading yeah. into the SEC next year for the Texas Longhorns. That That's so stupid accurate because you think about where Oklahoma is right now and they just don't care. At the end of the year, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Levy leaves like, I don't, I don't even care. And if Texas loses this game, you bought yourself a, a one-way ticket to the Alamo Bowl again. Hooray! <laughs> the Alamo Bowl in your last season of the Big 12 and you allow Oklahoma State to represent the conference in the Cotton Bowl. And, and I just... I can't fathom what a loss would look like for Texas because I don't expect it. I don't expect it. But no matter what, I, I'm going to give it in, in terms of a win here. Say Texas does win this game. This is not a conversation for Sarkeesian in the locker room, but it can be for us. The, the one-up you have over Oklahoma despite that loss going into SEC play with a Big 12 championship, we'll talk playoff in a bit, is there a feeling of Texas has now asserted its dominance over OU based on the full resume at the end of the year despite that loss in the Red River? No, I don't feel okay. that way. Um, okay. I wanted, yeah, I don't feel that way. I wanted BYU to win. Um, you know, I am a Rangers fan. I know you're a Rangers fan too. Shout out to the, the 2023 World Series champions. Yep. And I said, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm above taking the path of least resistance because I was rooting hard as hell for the Diamondbacks. You know what I'm yep. saying? Over the Phillies yep. for sure. But when it came to the Texas Longhorns football team, I'm just really interested in knowing who they are, Drake. You know what I yeah. mean? I want to know what this team is made of, and I want to see this team against the one blemish on their record, right? We get to see that this Friday with Oregon and Washington, and I fully think that Oregon is going to get revenge against that Washington team this Friday. But I wanted that same thing for Texas, right? I wanted Texas to answer that one question that they had on their resume, right? And and I didn't want to leave anything up to chance, right? Was Oklahoma just better than Texas this year and beat them twice? Or did was Texas a national championship contender that had one bad game in October, not even really one bad game, one bad drive at the end where Dylan Gabriel yeah. goes, what, 75 yards in like 71 seconds or something like that. So, no, I don't think that Texas winning a Big 12 championship, it gives them the championship over Oklahoma, like just like it does the rest of the conference. Like you yeah. can say, you know, we won the Big 12, you did it, ha, ha. But to say, and I think we're further along than Oklahoma as a program, but – we can't scream head-to-head matters. Texas can't scream head-to-head matters over Alabama every day and then act like head-to-head doesn't matter over Oklahoma, over Texas. At the end of the day, regardless of what we accomplished this year, Oklahoma beat us, and they will have scoreboard until we face them in the Cotton Bowl next year. That doesn't mean that we didn't have a more impressive season than Oklahoma, but to say we are better or further along than Oklahoma, that's all subjective, and that's all you know opinion and innuendo until we face them again in 2024. So if Texas wins this, and here's where you can rattle on the Big 12 a little bit, I'll give you permission, you're leaving. Does that say anything to the SEC? Or is the Big 12 viewed as such a, a distant conference from that league that people in the SEC are like, oh, that's cute. Welcome to the big leagues. So, you know, I think that, you know, obviously the ongoing narrative is that, you know, 
the Big 12 is easy and Texas isn't going to be in a rude awakening, uh, you know, when they go to the SEC next year and play teams like Vanderbilt, Mississippi State and Florida. <laughs> you know, I mean, the SEC has always just been so full of themselves. Yeah. Honestly, I think I don't think that a Big 12 championship means anything going into the SEC. The reason I say that is. And, and you know, maybe I'm just a Texas fan that will never shut up about this. When you go into Alabama, when you go into Tuscaloosa, Alabama in week two and win that game in the fashion that you did and not just Quinn Ewers having a nice game, not just being able to go in there and out scheme stuff with Steve Sarkeesian and yeah. throw the ball all over the yard. I really felt like and that was a young offensive line, you know, whatever for Alabama. I felt like Texas went in there and won that game in the trenches. Right. Especially on defense, Texas handled business in the trenches. So to me, I've already got the validation that Texas can play in the SEC because I watched him play against Alabama on the road in front of 100,000 people and win the matchup in the trenches. So, you know, maybe you can say Georgia will present a problem for Texas next year that no team in the Big 12 did this year. But like I said, am I worried about Kentucky, <laughs> you know, Vanderbilt, uh, Texas A&M? Yeah, I don't want to disrespect yeah. Arkansas in front of you. You know, Florida teams like that, like the majority of the teams in the SEC, not at all, because like I said, we went into Tuscaloosa and played and matched them in the trenches. And if you can do that against Alabama, you should be able to do that against every other team in the SEC. Jonathan, before we get you out of here, let's talk college football playoff odds. They're not great, but there is a distant path somewhere there. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Big 12, Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Marshall, what would an Oklahoma State Big 12 championship game win over Texas mean to the program? I think it would mean an immense amount, not only for the program, but for the conference. You know, this is this is, you know, Mike Gundy didn't want to get into this post game against BYU or uh, Monday at his press conference. But, you know, the Big 12 is better if, if Oklahoma State wins this game, yeah. if the Big 12 championship trophy stays in Big 12 country. Um, as for the program, I think it would mean a ton you know, everybody's kind of talked about since, you know, the OU Texas kind of who's going to be the next bell cows of the league. Um, it, you know, it looked like Oklahoma State was in a pretty good spot to do that as early as 2021, you know, alongside Baylor. Mm. And then last year did not go great. The, the, the end of last season happened the way that it did. But if they could, you know, roll this momentum into not only beating Oklahoma this year, but beating Texas, sending them both to the SEC and saying, like, you know, Oklahoma State is the champion of the Big 12. Yeah. I, I think that could go a long way for for the program um, in terms of NIL. That's, you know, obviously huge nowadays. Um, and, and it would mean a great deal, I imagine, to Brett Yormark and, and the Big 12 offices. For a guy like Mike Gundy to get a Big 12 championship yeah. game win under his belt, what does that mean? Because there was a point in time after that South Alabama game where you're hearing murmurs from fans of, oh, my gosh, this guy's been here so long, and it's just that hump that for a decade now that Oklahoma state hasn't been able to get over this, this feels different. I mean, here he is again, proving so many people wrong. Yeah. And you know, the two things that have kind of gotten held over Mike Gundy's head in terms of the national perspective and, and things along that nature is, you know, Bedlam winning percentage, which is still not great, but he, he beat OU in 21. He beat OU this past season. It's going to be the last game for who knows how long. Um, and, and scoreboard. Then, yeah. And, and then the fact that he's got one conference trophy, it came in 2011. Um, you, you know, a, a part of that is a part of both of those things is that OU has been, even for OU standards, historically great over the last, you know, 15 ish years. Um, yeah. so, so then a hard to win bedlam games against OU and then B hard to win conference championships when they won, you know, six in a row or whatever it was. Yeah. So, so this would mean a great deal to his resume. I already think he's a 
college football hall of famer. Um, that was kind of scoffed at as early as like seven years ago um, for my Gundy, but you know, just the consistency that he's won and where he has won at, you know, Oklahoma state's not always been uh, you know what it is right now. Um, so if he, if he does that, then, you know, it's, it's even more cemented that, that that's kind of going to be his, his resume. So yeah, this, this, he's not ever going to say it, but this would mean a great deal. Yeah. I imagine to Mike Gundy. And when you mentioned the big 12, this is Oklahoma state carrying the big 12 on its back. The rest of the teams now that Texas and OU have left are rooting for the Cowboys this week. Is there that sense of urgency to win for the conference? For me, I know you said that Gundy won't say it outright, but do you feel it from the fan base? Absolutely. You know, and I, I, there's some funny, the tweets gone out there today that, you know, OSU should almost just wear the big 12 logo on its helmet, which <laughs> I think would be sweet. Yeah. Um, it awesome. obviously, if, if they got hammered, it would not look very good. Um, yeah. and, and in the same way, you know, Mike Gundy, if he were to, you know, say, yeah, this is big 12 versus sec. And then they get drilled on Saturday, then that's not great. But, you know, you know, maybe after the game, if they are able to, to, to find a way to win this game, I imagine he'll, you know, take some time to, to kind of talk about, you know, how big this is for the conference moving forward. And, and you got, you know, Utah coming in, who's um, their fans seem about as confident as UCF fans, which we saw how that went for UCF, but yes. I think Utah's in probably a bit better of a spot. Uh, so I, I, you know, I think there's going to be some teams out there. The Big 12 is going to be a fun league moving forward, um, just in terms of parity. Um, you, you know, that might not be great for the national perception of the league that it doesn't have a Michigan or Ohio state or an Alabama or Georgia or things like that. But um, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun moving forward. And if, they can send the SEC out on a pair of losses, controversial or otherwise. And if you thought the noise was loud for the, the pass interference that should have been called in Bedlam, holy crap, every flag that is thrown against Texas on Saturday is going to be put under a microscope. But, it, you know, if, if they can send those two schools out on a loss, it, it'll be huge. Oklahoma State already has that eternal scoreboard that I mentioned over, over OU and they had given OU this feeling of hope with the 18-point yeah. BYU comeback. Oklahoma's on the cusp of a Red River rematch. And in a in beautiful, just F you to your rival fashion, Oklahoma State pulls it away and wins that game against BYU. And now you have an opportunity to cement a guy like Alan Bowman in mm-hmm. Oklahoma State lore, which I, I didn't see coming, especially like when he committed. It's like, oh, geez, how is this going to go? This guy was an assistant coach at Michigan for the last two years, effectively. And, and here he is with, with Ollie Gordon. You mentioned Brendan Presley. What would this team go down as? What would their moniker be in Oklahoma State history if they pull it off Saturday? Yeah, just just talk Alan Bowman for a little bit. He's such a good dude. And I know that it you know he hasn't been the greatest. He's not Mason Rudolph-esque. He's not yeah. you know Brandon Whedon. Uh, but if he wins this game on Saturday, it's going to be him and Brandon Whedon who have you know Big 12 titles. Um, you know, Mason Rudolph wasn't able to do that. So uh, it, it kind of reminds me of Taylor Cornelius was very polarizing um, in 2018 of the Oklahoma State fan base. He, he stays, you know, the extra year that that he got. Um, he backed up Mason Rudolph his entire tenure. Um, and then he comes in and some people wanted them to start a freshman Spencer Sanders to kind of get that going right away. Um, and, and, you know, other people were like, hey, this guy's waited his turn. And he was a two point conversion away from beating Kyler Murray in Oklahoma in Norman. And I just kind of think of how different people would have thought of Taylor Cornelius had he completed that two point conversion. Um, and, and that's kind of the area that Alan Bowman's in right now. And I think people are you know, happy with Alan Bowman. Uh, I think a lot of people want him to come back another year, which is a possibility somehow. Um, yeah. yeah. 28 year old Alan Bowman, Brandon yeah. Whedon ask. Yes. So if, if, but if he can win this game, 
this is huge. This is putting you know him deep in the lore of Oklahoma State quarterbacks. Um, this is putting him right up there with with some of those guys that I mentioned before. And that's kind of crazy to think about. He you know he obviously starts his career at Tech, has some really weird injuries. Then all of yeah. a sudden, Tech is just supplying quarterbacks around the country to, to people. Um, you think you know Donovan Smith, and uh, you, you know uh-huh. you got Alan Bowman here. So uh, th- this would be huge for Alan Bowman. It would be huge for this team in general. I don't. It, it's so weird because this hasn't really ever happened before that a team that on paper isn't all that great is all of a sudden potentially going down as one of the you know most heralded teams in program history. Yeah, if, if they can find a way to win this game. So I, I don't, honestly don't know what people will think about this team once they look back, you know, 10 years from now. Uh, but, you know, for us who have lived it, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. Given the lack of expectation preseason and then parlaying that the transfer portal turmoil of the offseason parlayed into now a Big 12 championship, I, I do think that speaks so much to Mike Gundy in this conversation and what it would add to his career, his resume, and his standing in the Big 12. And I wonder if it makes him the best, the best coach in the Big 12. Marshall, let's go there next. But first... We hear from our friends over at LinkedIn. This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. LinkedIn Talent Solutions is where you go to find the right hire for your job. LinkedIn.com forward slash Locked On College. I hire an intern every semester. I go to the colleges. I say, hey, do you have an intern? And the way that I do it, I send them a LinkedIn profile, LinkedIn link where I can find the right candidates and fast to interview them quickly and get the job hiring process out of the way as fast as possible. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. It has a vast network, more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It's super easy to use. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and they want to help you. The process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making this even quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. LinkedIn.com. Keep in mind that terms and conditions do apply. All right, Jonathan, college football playoff odds for Texas. Yay, nay. What's got to happen? I mean, I, I know what has to happen. Will it happen? All right, so this is my college football playoff Here it prediction. Is. Here it I'm is. Gonna try to, I'm going to try to, to, to draw this out as long as I can, you know, because I might piss off some Texas fans. So, you know, maybe they'll stop watching by the time I'm done talking. Uh, All right, I'm, I'm going to go through this procedurally, right? I yep. think SEC championship, Georgia beats Alabama. Georgia's in undefeated, right? Which can Georgia happen turns and Alabama's out. I, Alabama's yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Alabama beats Georgia. I think Georgia gets in there 13-0. and They're good to go. I think Michigan, Iowa's just happy to be there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Michigan yep. gets Jim Harbaugh back. We've seen Shamar Moore now damn near cry twice, <laughs> you know, playing without uh, Jim Harbaugh. That team's going to be motivated. That team's going to be excited. They're going to be emotional. They're going to beat Iowa pretty bad, right? Yeah. So Michigan's in. That's Georgia, Michigan. That's chalk, right? Everybody is, or excuse me, I missed one. Then we're talking about Washington and Oregon on Friday. Like Oregon has played like one of the best teams in the country. Washington barely beat them in a true home game by three points. I definitely think Oregon beats them on Friday. That should punch Oregon's ticket into the college football playoff. Yeah, Yeah, I think the winner of the game on Friday should be in the college football playoff. So now we have Georgia, Michigan, and either Oregon or Washington, right? That realistically probably leaves Florida State or Texas. And this is where the big debate comes in. And to me – 
it's not a perfect comparison, but it's eerily similar to last year with TCU and Alabama, where we all knew for a fact Mm -hmm. that Alabama was the better team. But we were so tired of seeing Alabama that we propped up TCU and said TCU had the better resume and deserved to be in the college football playoff. And they did only to watch them. They did win a game, right? They did win a game. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Because they 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 outsmarted uh, Coach Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah. Right. But either way, <laughs> they 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 did win the game. So I guess they validated, you know, sure. Yeah. Them going yeah. to the college football playoff, even though they lost by a hundred to Georgia, right? True. I think this is what's going to happen this weekend. Okay. Yeah. Florida State is going to beat Louisville. Mm-hmm. Texas is going to beat Oklahoma State. People are going to say Florida State is the more deserving team because they're undefeated, even though they're playing without Jordan Travis. By the People way, are gonna say, they, they've been playing the Little Sisters of the Blind every week. <laughs> that too. Texas is, I mean, people are going to say Texas is the better team, right? So then it comes down to a conversation of, do you put the more deserving team in who was literally flawless on their record if they beat Louisville? Or yeah. do you put in the more exciting team who has a better chance of knocking off programs like Georgia and Michigan at this point with Texas? And I think if Texas and Florida State both win this weekend and Georgia, oh, excuse me, Georgia, Michigan and the winner of the Pac-12 championship have already punched their tickets then I think Florida State should get in the playoffs. And I'm hoping all the Texas fans turn this off by now, right? I think that, to me, like I said, we cannot scream on-field results matter yeah, and then tell the college football playoff committee to put in a 12-1 and team over a undefeated Power 5 ACC team. I just do not see the logic for that, even as a Texas fan, even with screaming Bebo on my chest, right? Like, I, you know what I mean? I'm just – I'm an analyst first – I'm, I'm, you know, truthful first. I'm just going to tell you how I feel. Right. So I do think Texas is better than Florida State at this point. I do think Texas would produce better games in the college football playoff at this point. But I just do not see a scenario in which it would be right or which the committee will put a 12 and one team in over a 13 and 0 team just because their quarterback got hurt due to injury. We've already seen a precedent where a backup quarterback at Ohio State led a team to a national championship. And for all the Texas fans that are sitting at home pissed at me and mad right now, I want to ask you this. I'm going to challenge you to answer this question honestly. If Texas was 12-0 and right now and Malik Murphy was the starting quarterback because Quinn Ewers was hurt and we won on Saturday, how would you feel if people said a 13-0 and Texas team wouldn't look good in the playoffs with Malik Murphy so they should be left out? You would feel right now how all of the Florida State fans feel hearing that BS. So I can't feel a type of way just because Texas is involved. If a 13-0 Florida State team exists on Saturday, they should be in the college football playoff. In any other year, Texas would probably make it. Unfortunately, this looks like the year that they might be on the outside looking in. But with that being said, I'm rooting hard as hell for Louisville for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and at the root of this, at the, the, the true root of this, you defend Oklahoma for one minute, and we're not having this conversation. You defend right, Oklahoma exactly. at the end of that game for one minute, and we're not having this. It's not You're probably the number one team in the country right now. Right. Like so, so that's what I'm saying. On field, if we want to scream, on field results matter to all the Bama fans. Then on field results matter. And yep. Florida State found a way to go 13 and 0. If they win on Saturday, you cannot penalize a team of 100 people because their quarterback got hurt. And like I said, we have a precedent that anything can happen when you get there. It's two football games. Jonathan Davis, Locked On Longhorns. Thanks for joining Locked On Big 12 today. Yes, sir. They hate me, but who cares? Hook them. <laughs> Let's keep it simple here, Marshall. 
Is Mike Gundy the best coach in the Big 12? I think yes. And kind of going back to the, the SEC Big 12 conversation, I'm not sure that the Big 12, there's a more recognizable face outside of Oklahoma and Texas um, in terms of the Big 12 than Mike Gundy. Uh, yeah. So, I, yeah, I think yes. I think Lance Leipold has a, a chance to kind of upend that. But I would have said the same thing about Dave Aranda a couple of years ago, you know, that, that he's on his way. Chris Kleiman, same, same kind of thing as, as Leipold. Um, but I, I feel like so many have come, uh, you, you know, you think of a Matt Campbell, uh, he was really hot to kind of start his Iowa state career yeah. and then it kind of cools off. And now I'm not sure anybody's really thinking Matt Campbell over Mike Gundy. Uh, so I, I think he, I'm going to go with yes. This, I don't think this game can, ch- it obviously can't change it because if you lose, Mike Gundy's still at the apex of the conference. They lost to Texas and they're leaving. If he wins, and he's already number one, and he stays number one. Does this make Oklahoma State, Mike Gunn, then the team of the future, the team to beat moving forward in the conference? Because remember, we said a lot of that about Baylor two years ago. We said a lot about Kansas State and especially TCU last year. And all three of those programs, none of them represent the Big 12 like Oklahoma is doing on Saturday. Yeah, I think I think that Oklahoma State would kind of be in the the, the – you know, the driver's seat in that. But I think parody is going to kind of rule the world. Um, you kind of look at what Arizona's done over the last month or so. Um, yeah. They've been really good. Yeah. Utah's obviously always been really good. Um, you know, I think Kansas State's going to going to stay up there and continue to contend. Um, Kansas is going to get Jalen Daniels back. All right, you know, when are, when's Kansas really going to take that next step? They're, they're now like a contributing member to society in the Big 12. Um, yeah. But but kind of when are they going to take that next step under, uh, under Leipold? So, I think Oklahoma State will be in the driver's spot um, and in terms of, you know, which team is going to, to kind of be the, the team that you think of when you think of the Big 12. Um, but I think parity is going to you know rule the day whenever you know it comes to it, because that's just kind of been the Big 12's MO over the last five years. I know we're so far away from it, too. We used to be able to tell pretty easily where a team would be a year or two down the line because you say, oh, we have these, this many young guys. and But now it's transfer portal. Who's coming in? Who's going out? It's going to happen for everybody in the league. For Oklahoma State, what is that outlook? And and maybe the better question is, no matter the outlook, as long as Gundy's the head coach, will there always be an Oklahoma State at the top of the conference? I think so, because even you look at, you know, you look at last year and the mass exodus of of players that entered the portal. You had, you know, yeah. starters everywhere. And, you know, a bunch of the outside perception was this team got worse through the transfer portal. And there are certainly guys, you know, John Paul Richardson, who I think is going by JP Richardson now at TCU. He would have, he would have done really well at Oklahoma state this year. Um, Jabbar Muhammad's a stud corner at Washington right now. Uh, you know, Thomas Harper, he's starting at, at Notre Dame. So th- those are definitely guys that, if Dominic them, Richardson, excuse me. Yeah, I think Dominic Richardson. I love Dominic Richardson, but yeah, you know, Ollie Gordon is the dude right now. So, so, but I think you know a lot of people thought, okay, this team got worse because they're bringing in a Leon Johnson from George Fox in the Division Three rank. They're bringing in a, a Texas State tackle. Um, but I think a lot of Oklahoma State is guys who want to be there, and, and Gunny's kind of alluded that over time. And I think that just kind of you know it's not for everybody. But I think that's what works for Mike Gundy. I don't know if he had a bunch of five-star dudes, if Mike Gundy would be the same type of coach. I think he invites those, you know, kind of blue-collar, hard-working type dudes that, that really want to be where they're at. Um, I, I think that's kind of where Mike Gundy's at his best. And that's going to frustrate the heck out of the fan base sometimes when they're not going after these yeah. big names. But, you know, if, if he continues to get those type of kids in, you know, you think of a Malcolm Rodriguez, who was a, basically a nobody as a high school prospect, 
comes in as a safety and then develops into one of the best linebackers they've had, you know, since the millenn- the turn of the century. Um, that's the same thing is happening with Nicholas Martin, who's got 120 tackles. He's leading the Big 12 by 12 tackles, 12 tackles, 18 tackles. Digits, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he came out of absolutely nowhere this year. Like I, I didn't expect him to start this year. I knew of his existence, but but he really came out of nowhere. So I, I think Mike Gundy and his staff just know what they need to, to yeah. kind of fit. And I think they do that. They know who they are more than I think anybody around the country. Lifetime contract. Um, it's already kind of there. It's a, you know, it's a yeah. four year rolling thing. Um, you know, I, I, there were some people in our forum this week that were saying like, Hey, my gunny's done a great job this year, but I still think that the, you know, the lifetime contract, ah. the, the rolling contract needs to, needs to come to an end. I, I, you know, I think my gunny's going to coach at Oklahoma state as long as he wants to coach at Oklahoma state. Yeah. I think that's, I think he's earned that right, honestly. Um, but yeah, I, I, lifetime contracts, they're, they're definitely a little dicey, no matter, no matter what the place or, or, or the person. Ask TCU. They've got the statue sitting on campus of Gary Patterson, who might just be in the Big 12, uh, come here soon. So with all that said, Texas, Oklahoma State on Saturday in the Big 12 championship. Marshall, I know you and your team are covering it very closely. Where can folks find your work? Yeah, you can find us at pistolsfiringblog.com. Um, and then on Twitter, we're at Pistols, guys. The Big 12 championship this weekend. Oklahoma State and Texas. Ollie Gordon. The one th- 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 ah. Texas defense is great at defending the run. It's not good at defending the pass. So we should then lean on Oklahoma State's quarterback, right? But it's Alan Bowman. Robbie, will this game be un blowout? I don't think so. Um, okay. I really don't. And the number is massive, 14 and a half. Yeah, do you take would... Oklahoma State plus 14 and a half? Best bets here. What do you do? I do. I am taking that. And just for the sole fact of we've seen, and we talked about it earlier multiple times, how Texas is a team that will squander a big lead or keep teams in that really shouldn't be in there. And I think Oklahoma State is a team that has the best player. I think Ollie Gordon, out of those two teams, is the best player. You may love Xavier Worthy. You may love Jatavian Sanders. You may love Teandre Sweat. No. Ollie Gordon is the best player in this game that is going on. And if you have a player like that, you're going to keep it close. And I know Oklahoma State got blown up by UCF, but that is a gritty team. That is a team that fights back physicality-wise. I love the matchup of these two. And they just showed that last game against BYU. Like, although BYU is not the Texas Longhorns, I can confirm, uh, they were down and they fought back. And I think that is a team that if they have to rely on their pass – Good luck, but they do have a Brendan Presley. They do have the offense that can, you know, keep on chipping away. So that's where I'm having hope in Oklahoma State. I don't think they're going to win this game, but is it going to be close? I I think so, and I don't think Mike Gundy will allow a blowout versus Texas in the title game. I'm going to – I won't even raise my hand. I'm just going to butt in. I um, If this game is close, I think Oklahoma State wins. The way that Texas has played this year has been get out by 14, get out by 21, get out by 20. Then at the end of the game, things close in on them. We've seen a a couple of teams do that against UT. For Oklahoma State, they've had a pattern before of somebody else jumps out. They find a way to close the ball game out. They have just closed out games at the end when it's close. Look at West Virginia, where they're right there. West Virginia has the game in hand, in control in the third quarter. Oklahoma State wins by double digits. If it's close... I think Oklahoma State has the better closing ability of these two teams. But I want to take you through some of these props here. Oklahoma State and Texas over under 55 and a half. 
I'm going to go with, ooh, that's actually good because I do think defensively, like Texas is very, they're a lot better than they were before. And I think Oklahoma State has the pieces, but I am going to go with the over here just because I think there is going to be a point where we get into a shootout. So I'm going to go with the over there. And hmm, if I were to make a score prediction, I think both, both teams are going to get, let's say, Let's say I'm going to say like in the 30s. I feel like oh, if you hit wow. 40, you're going to win. I think if you hit 40, you're going to win. Well, I have a best bet for you. This is my favorite bet in the world. Oklahoma State at FanDuel right now. Minus 110 as a team total of 19 and a half points. <laughs> you can take Oklahoma State over 19 and a half right now. At minus 110 at FanDuel. Would you do that? I would. And I, I think... I. I just trust Ollie Gordon too much. I think he's going to confirm, get a touchdown. I have that prop down, Ollie Gordon touchdown. I'm just going to guarantee that if you have 20 touchdowns in a given season and you're the best player on the full, like on the, I almost said court. It's yeah, not a court. why not? No. Um, also, Nelly's going to be there. Nelly's going to be there. Does the that game is going to be Does live- that make you care at all about Nelly? No. Um, this is, they say that the Big 12 is the truck stop conference. And then Brett Yormark's like, no, we're not, guys. We have Nelly. <laughs> yeah. We literally have Nelly. Guys, I swear we're cool. We're going to be. And you know what? Fine. If you don't even like that, we'll bring in the WWE. Now we have the WWE, guys. They're they're putting the WWE logo on the field on Saturday. And really? giving a WWE belt to the MVP of the game. See I, which, see, I love that. But like, how much is this marketing work? Or is it like Brett Yormark, like, look what I did. And yeah. like holds his suspenders. Like, w- I'm w- the man. Yeah, I'm, I think doing, the, I'm doing a job. The French kid from third grade who had the John Cena shirt and the shorts just past the knee. So pumped yeah. right now. Yeah. Yes. The WWE coming to the Big Club Championship. Uh, also, the last the year was Bape, too. Like, why? Do, I, I don't know what that means. I still don't know what Bape a, a is. Bathing ape. And like, I don't know what this is. It's like, uh, why are we making the Big 12 bougie? They're also <laughs> going to live stream the game in Times Square. They were a big. They bought out one of the panels at Times Square, which makes me only wish it would be, it would have been Oklahoma State and Iowa State. So some New Yorkers just like, what the hell? What? What is that? What? Why? Yeah. Um, Forget Farmageddon. We got Nelly. This is Brett Yormark saying we're cool guys. Everybody, yeah. calm down. We're the cool conference. Do you think uh, we're, we're compensating then? I think the Big Twelve is compensating. One hundred percent. I to a, to an extent where everybody sees it and they're like, "That's yeah, a little much." That's uh, like, a little we much. Can, we aren't the SEC when it comes to football, but we are sure cool. But we have the WWE and Nelly. All right. Yeah. You know, who does the SEC have at their halftime? Probably like Lee Greenwood. All of America is just. <laughs> you know what? Somehow, you know Lee Greenwood. Oh my God! Funny story. I've actually seen Lee Greenwood in concert. Why? Um, I was at, I was at a, Dead or Alive. Lee Greenwood. My girlfriend lives in uh, Arizona. She's like her family's there. And uh, we went to the Arizona State Fair and Lee Greenwood was performing. And if you, <laughs> yeah, all these people and like America flag stuff, everybody over the age of 70. And then it's just me like I'm just eating a corn dog. Like Gordon what? Lightfoot opens. Lee Greenwood comes out. It's just the, the night to remember. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Lee Greenwood. Yeah, that's what the SEC would do. And it'd be way cooler than Nelly being at halftime of the Big 12. It doesn't make it nobody... There is going to be one Oklahoma State fan like, what are they talking about down there? Who is that guy? What is he saying? He's he's speaking real fast. They're going to leave. They're going to leave the game at halftime because of Nelly. Will the Texas Longhorns play in the college football playoff? They should. If Texas goes out and does the same thing Oregon does this week, wins a conference championship, why does Oregon get the nod? 
I mean, I, sure, Bo Nix is good, but is Quinn Ewers not? Has Quinn Ewers not gotten the same amount of national attention at times? Quinn Ewers was the darling coming out of high school, going to Ohio State. Now at Texas, he's had a great season. And while, look, I'm not a Texas homer. I have come on this show for months now, for months now, and said that I hope Texas loses every game. That doesn't make me petty. Okay, wait a second. Does it make me petty? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. But they left the conference. I, I have no allegiance to a team that's leaving the Big 12, right? But in this situation, let's just look at it objectively. As somebody who's not sitting here actively rooting for Texas to go to the college football playoff, let's just look at it in a way that makes sense. Texas has a much better strength of schedule, a top 10 strength of schedule. Oregon's outside the top 50. Texas has beaten four ranked teams if they win on Saturday against Oklahoma State, who's in the top 20. For Oregon, sure, they'll hold another win against Washington. But for Texas, they went on the road and beat Alabama. That's a much better win than anything that Oregon has. Their win against Washington would be a neutral side victory. Especially if Alabama beats Georgia on Saturday, then Texas holds the head-to-head win against Bama, and you're going to sit here and tell me that that doesn't matter. If you sit here and tell me every year, year in and year out, strength of schedule, strength of schedule, beef up your schedule, get in the college football playoff because you played a hard strength of schedule, and then you go with Oregon over Texas, and then you go with Alabama over Texas, that doesn't make a lot of sense. In the year where the SEC is down, but the Big 12 ended up having enough parity that by the end of the season, teams like Kansas State were good, or teams like Texas Tech got into a bowl, were sneaky, where a team like Oklahoma was still a player toward the end of the year, still won 10 games in Texas lone loss as a neutral site loss to OU on a last second touchdown. And, and look, I get it. I get it. You can make it. You can make the big case of if, if you're a Texas fan, you can't complain. Just beat Oklahoma. We're not having this conversation. That's true. Just beat Oklahoma. We're not having this conversation. But th- that didn't happen. They didn't beat Oklahoma. So now we have to have this conversation. And the conversation should be full stop. Texas has the resume to go to the college football playoff. They beat Alabama on the road. They might as well. What the college football playoff committee is telling me is Texas would have been better off playing Western Carolina. They could have just played Abilene Christian that week, and it would have, it would have mattered the exact same of beating Alabama on the road because we're not talking about the biggest win in the country this season. Texas going on the road to knock off Alabama. It mattered then. It was huge then, but now nobody wants to talk about it. Now, oh, that was back when Deion Sanders was ruling college football. That was so long ago, we don't even need to talk about it. Then why did Texas play the game? Then why do you tell me that strength of schedule matters? Then why, why would any team schedule any tough game when teams outside the top 50 in strength of schedule are being rewarded. But when Texas, again, a team that I have no allegiance to is being held out of the college football playoff for what winning games for beating ranked team for having a good strength of schedule for going on the road against Alabama and winning. And their one loss coming against a 10 win coming against 10 win Oklahoma. They didn't lose a sneaky, sleepy game like Ohio State does to Purdue every other year. They didn't lose to Iowa State. They didn't lose to Kansas State. They didn't lose to a team that's outside of the top 25. They lost to Oklahoma, who gets so much respect. Now, I get it. I, I, I get it. Texas has, has not earned, has not re-earned that brand. It's been so long. And there's been so much conversation of whether or not Texas is back or not back. And are they really good? Are they fraudulent? Did they just win a Big 12 that was down? I get that being the national rhetoric, but I think it's a lazy national rhetoric. Look at the analytics. Look at a defense that is the best in the country against the ground game. 
Look at an offense that is so dynamic. They don't have to ask Quinn Ewers to do too much because they can ground it and pound it with any number of running. But it doesn't matter who gets hurt. They're still great on the ground. The receiving core, the receivers outside from A.D. Mitchell to Xavier Worthy, and the list goes on. But you're telling me that, ah, you know, at the, I don't even know if we should put Texas in the conversation of going to a, to a college ball playoff at this point in the juncture. Why? Why? Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan. I mean, the, the, the fact that I saw a promo about Ohio State was a way they can backdoor their way in. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Texas should have as good a shot as anybody. The resume is better than Oregon's. And if Texas has a Power 5 conference championship, then give them a nod. Florida State of 13-0, let them in. Fine. They're undefeated. If Georgia loses to Alabama, let Alabama in, sure. But by God, Texas better be there. They beat Alabama on the road. They beat them in Tuscaloosa. Put Michigan in there, sure. But I don't want to see promos about Ohio State. I don't. I, I know that Texas fans are having to conjure up ways for UT to get in. They have to create these funky, oh, well, if this happens and this happens and this happens, then Texas gets in. You shouldn't have to. The resume is there. What I'm being told right now is that if Texas beats Oklahoma on Saturday, like they should, whether it's by 35, 13, or 3, what that resume says, what the strength of schedule says, what the committee says, that we go by this, we need a strength of schedule, we need to see your conference schedule, we need to be impressed. And now, clock's about to strike midnight, and it's, uh, it's not really about resume. It's more about who we just like. It's more about who we see and who's the best team. By what? That's that. Texas, welcome to a situation that a lot of Big 12 teams have faced in the past. That is just being pissed off at the college football playoff because it is madness. It's maddening. Texas belongs in the college football playoff. It is Texas and Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. If you're listening live, this is the first edition of a Saturday recap that is live on the Locked On Big 12 YouTube channel. You could be listening to this afterwards as well, both in podcast form or on YouTube. Texas, Oklahoma State, who wins the ball game? Let's be very, very clear here. Not only should Texas win this game, they should win this game by 14 million points. It, it, it shouldn't be close because the Texas run defense is so stout that you force a quarterback to throw. What did we just see from Baron Morton, who I think is a more dynamic quarterback than Alan Bowman, who can do more than Alan Bowman? We just watched Baron Morton completely crap the bed against the University of Texas Longhorns. And for Alan Bowman, he's a guy that is not going to run the football. Get ready for this. Alan Bowman's last Four games, five, I'll give you five, five games rushing <clears throat> against BYU. Three carries, negative 10 yards. Remember, sack supply. Houston, no carries, no yards, which is a bright spot here. Against UCF, two carries, negative 10 yards. Against Oklahoma, one carry for 13 yards, career day. And against Cincinnati, two carries for nine yards. Alan Bowman is not going to leave the pocket. Texas is going to stop the run game. Texas is going to stop Ollie Gordon. He is the most electric back in the Big 12. Five rushing touchdowns against BYU. He may still go for 150 yards in this game, and it might not matter because the Texas defense is going to limit 
the rest of everybody. They're going to limit Alan Bowman because he, he already can't run. And when you're not dynamic enough to get somebody else involved heavily in the run game like your quarterback, that's when the Longhorns can expose you. And, and while their pass defense is susceptible, Rocco back, Tad, well, I think like 330 yards passing against Texas or pushing 350, while that's you're susceptible there, I don't think that Alan Bowman can have the kind of performance that Rocco Beck did against Texas and lead Oklahoma State to a win. But if he does, <laughs> and, and that's that's kind of what I'm leaning on here. If he does, how great, how great would it be? There are no stakes for Oklahoma State. We can create stakes of, oh, you know, this could help the sta- it could establish you as one of the big players in the future Big 12. For Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship, this could give you a leg up moving forward in recruiting. And you show, hey, we can be the kings of this conference. We have the longest tenured head coach in Mike Gundy. He gets his first Big 12 championship game win. But, <laughs> but really the glory is in beating Texas. That, that's what the stakes are. For, for UT, they've gone 15 years since winning a Big 12 championship. That's a long stretch for a university that wants you to think they are the best team in this league. We went to a round-robin format. We went into a, hey, there are no easy schedules. It's not, you know, this team got lucky or Texas got an easy schedule or somebody else got an easy schedule. It's, a, it's been a round-robin format for the last decade. And still, Texas couldn't do anything. Now, they're in the top seven in the country. They'll be top They'll, they'll be in the conversation, obviously, for the college football playoff. They have a road win against Alabama. That, that Oklahoma loss, up there, that's, that's the singer keeping them squarely out of the college football playoff right now. But with a win against Oklahoma State, especially in dominant fashion, they make a strong case if a couple of the right pieces fall to, to do it, to go to the Final Four here. That, that's huge. For one university... You're playing for a national championship. This is a play-in for the college football playoff. For another, you get to be the ultimate spoiler. That's what Oklahoma State gets to play. Mike Gundy's team was, what, four or five inches away from a Big 12 championship in 2021. There are still enough of those guys, some of those guys, that are hanging around this program from that era that can describe the pain felt when Baylor didn't have a quarterback in the second half of that game and still... Still, Oklahoma State went out there and found a way to lose. They lost to South Alabama. I'm going to keep bringing it up because it shows you where they came from this season. Winning the Big 12 championship puts you in a great position, but all the pressure in the world is on Texas. And now this game is going to be decided in the trenches. Ollie Gordon II, he is going to have to be lights out. And I, I told you he might get 150, and that, that's Texas containing him because it's what he does. He needs to have 200-plus rushing yards. And Alan Bowman has to be the perfect complement through the air. Where Texas lacks right now, where Texas lacks is their secondary, which isn't a bad secondary. It's just the least elite part of their team, if you're picking up what I'm saying here. Their defensive front, their interior especially, is unbelievable. It's stupid, stupid good. They hold opponents to 85 rushing yards per game. Uh, That is good enough for third in the nation. What does Oklahoma State want to do? They want to run the football. Now, look, remember that Oklahoma State game last year? That one in Stillwater final score, 41 to 34. I have the box score pulled up right in front of me because that's what I'm going to reference a whole lot this week. That felt like a game Oklahoma State should not have been in. Little did they do, little you know, they're going to come back and win. It was Quinn Ewers kind of crapped himself and said, you know what? Uh, 
I'm not, I don't know if I'm ready for all this madness, goes into Stillwater and loses. I don't believe Oklahoma State had any business winning that game against a Texas team that had those kind of slip-ups last year. They've been much more consistent this year, but I just need them for one week to not be consistent. And if you're a Texas fan or somebody who's a... If you're for some reason a Big 12 fan or a fan of another Big 12 team and you have a soft spot for Texas, I'm sorry, you're going to think, oh, this guy, Texas lives in this guy's head rent-free. Yes, 100%. I mean, why wouldn't they? They're leaving our conference on paper, in actuality, the way Texas has played, I can almost guarantee you UT will win against Oklahoma State by 17 or more points. But let's hold on to hope. I'm going to keep giving you hope over the course of the rest of this week. There are some guys in this league that do not have hope. The college coaching carousel is upon us. Who is going to lose their job? Because there's there are a couple in the Big 12 we need to have a conversation about. This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is where I go to make money. I consider it my passive income. FanDuel.com forward slash locked on is where you need to go to make money as well. I, look, I, I go in, I say, hey, FanDuel, I don't think that Kansas State's going to beat Iowa State by 10. And that's when I throw $50 or $10 or $20 on Iowa State to cover 10. Then they win it outright. Feels good for me, right? Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. You go in, you put 5 bucks on Texas or Oklahoma State to win this week, and you get $150 in free play. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use. Spreads player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Go to FanDuel.com, FanDuel.com forward slash LockedOn. That is it. Your full hour-long preview of Texas and Oklahoma State on Saturday. We're all pokes this weekend. I think Texas is going to win 34-28, but we are all pokes this weekend. This has been and always will be. Come back on Sunday. We'll break it all down. Locked on. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Dose grande.